You know, what gets me excited is knowing that I'm going to watch the impact that so many of these students are going to have on this world. We're going to see them on the cover of, you know, Fortune or Inc or Fast Company, and then they're going to come back and they're going to mentor the next group to get there. And that's what this is all about. And I think you're training the students so well to ultimately cultivate that, not just for themselves, but for the next group to follow. Welcome to The Pool Podcast, the official podcast of the Pool College of Management at NC State University. This is a think and do conversation about the relationship between academics and industry. In each episode, we will share research and ideas from the classroom, from our incredible faculty, and explore how it's being translated into practice. I'm your host, Jenny Hammond, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer here in Pool College. Let's dive in. I'm very excited to introduce two superstar guests, both influencers in their own respective fields. First, it's my pleasure to introduce the Dean of the Pool College of Management, Dr. Frank Buckless. Dean Buckless has been with NC State since 1989, where he was served many roles in the Department of Accounting, including Department Chair. In 2019, Chancellor Woodson appointed him the fifth Dean of the Pool College of Management, and I'm proud to have him here and call him boss. Welcome, Dean Buckless. Thank you, Jen. Also with us today, an entrepreneur who you may have seen in Forbes, Inc. Magazine, MSNBC, Vanity Fair, The New York Times, pretty much everywhere. She has built two businesses from scratch and sold them for a combined $1.5 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. She's the CEO of Sprout Pharmaceuticals and the founder of This Pink Ceiling, and we're super proud to have her on the Pool Advisory Board. Cindy Eckhart, welcome to the Pool Podcast. Thank you, Jenny. I'm on the inaugural. You guys know how I like being first. And Dean Buckless, always good to spend time with you. Thank you, Cindy. We're enjoying the opportunity to learn more from you. <laughs> well, let's get started. So I want this conversation to be about entrepreneurship and how Pool College is cultivating budding founders and guiding them to be as one day successful as Cindy. Dean Buckless, tell us a little bit more about the entrepreneurial spirit at NC State and at Poole College, and what have you seen from the faculty and students that are helping develop our next season of entrepreneurs? Great. So let me just start by saying we really have a great mix of faculty at our college that have great academic as well as professional experience, and they really have a passion for our students. You know, the tagline for NC State is think and do. And I really believe that think and do mentality really attracts a different type of person to NC State because you come to NC State because you don't want to do things like everybody else has done them. You want to try new things. You, you want to be distinctive and different. And so we're very fortunate that we've attracted a large group of faculty who just totally buy into what we are trying to do. And, and really are trying to, to not be the same, same old, same old school uh, across the street or down the road. We are trying to be different and distinctive. So, you know, I really think that the think and do uh, mentality really helps to drive innovation and, and new approaches within our college. We do want it so that our students really have what I would call a positive mindset. They believe they can do anything. 
And, you know, a lot of times when you're an entrepreneur, you'll hear people say, well, I don't, I'm not an entrepreneur. I can't do that. Well, we want our students to really believe no matter who they are, no matter what their background was, they can be an entrepreneur and they can see it's just going to take time, effort, and maybe reframing questions and opportunities. To be a really great entrepreneur, you really have to be resilient and you have to be able to overcome obstacles. I mean, Cindy's a great example of somebody who, who didn't let obstacles hold her back and hold her organizations back. And we want that for our students. So we're trying to build that into the curriculum. So Cindy, kind of following up with that, talking about perseverance and resilience, you created the Pink Ceiling. Tell us a little bit about what that is and, and how you're supporting rising entrepreneurs. So the pink ceiling is about paying it forward. It was the proceeds from my sales. I built two companies successfully and sold them. And I looked at the landscape and I said, what will my best work going forward be? And it was very clear to me that it would be reaching my hand back and pulling the next generation there quicker than I got there myself by being able to share some of my lessons learned, some of my abject failures, knowing that they shouldn't step on that landmine because I did so step left. And that's really what the pink ceiling is all about. So specifically, I look for businesses run by women or for women that are disruptive in the space, often first in a category and real, I think, game changers in conversation too. What matters to me is not only that we see these kind of innovative products in this world, but we change everybody's mind, just like Dean Buckless was talking about, about who has the next billion dollar idea. And that's really my love inside of the pink ceiling. It's not really about giving money. There are a lot of people who can write checks. There's a lot of capital actually all across this country and the world that you can get to support entrepreneurial ideas. I think what you need to look for is who's gonna roll up their sleeves right next to me and really help me get there. And that's what we're proud of doing. Dean Buckless, thinking about that, and you talk to industry often about what they need of our graduates, and you think about those skills in particular, maybe even soft skills. What are some of the things that you think are pertinent that as a, an institution, we need to make sure that we're providing our students to be successful in the entrepreneurial space? Sure, sure. So, you know, when I think about what we need to do and what I hear from in industry leaders is we really need to make sure that our students are creative innovative, that they are good problem solvers, and they really have good communication and interpersonal skills. So that's what we're really trying to bring. Those are the skills that are going to feed you for life, and they're going to keep you strong for life. So we're really trying to design our curriculum to focus more on that. You know, knowledge is important, but it's not as important as it used to be. You have to have a certain foundation in knowledge. It's really that, that creativity, that innovation, that problem solving. And then your ability to communicate it. I mean, if you have the greatest idea in the room, but you can't communicate it and you can't get people to understand the concept, well, then you're not going anywhere with it. So we're really trying to ingrain that in our curriculum here at NC State. I have to attest that it's working because there's no, there are no nights more fun for my team than when we have the students from the entrepreneurship program to the pink ceiling and they get up and present their ideas. And we're really just, we're captivated by, I think their ability to communicate it, their positivity. We all walk away so inspired and jazzed up just from the energy that comes to, into that room. Sonny is one I'll, I'll call out right now, just that they have done such an, I mean, to watch their courage that they actually cold called 
Jennifer Hyman from Rent the Runway, said that there is a real market gap here for clothing, for all of the women raised their American, but going to traditional Indian gatherings. Like they're looking for, they don't want to call back to their grandmother in India and say, can you find me a dress? And therefore, you know, she really convinced her of the market gap that they didn't see. And actually to get on Rent the Runway is extraordinary and to watch them now and help mentor them with other influence, be wearing their fashions on popular Netflix shows and things like that really is quite rewarding. I mean, I have millions of those who've stood in my in, in the office and talked to me. I, I love to say, you know, if only Professor Sheets had been my professor, my gosh, what would I have been able to do? They're so far ahead of me, these students, than where I was at their age. It's actually remarkable. So I can only imagine uh, I have high expectations for what they're all going to accomplish. And I have to brag for a second because I will note that Dean Buckles did not say this at the top, but this is a top 20 entrepreneurship program in the country. And during the time that I've been fortunate enough to work with, I've watched you continue to climb in the ranks. And I think, you know, I'm firsthand somebody who hires students out of NC State, and they really do have this very special attitude. So I congratulate you for that. I love watching it in action. And then, you know, let me just add a little bit there, Jenny. And one way we really try to differentiate it, it's what Cindy's doing is by she's sharing her expertise and giving our students the opportunities to work with a very high profile person that's been very successful. And, you know, that mentoring and that ability to work with somebody that really has, has gone through it all is, it really helps our students to be different uh, in the marketplace. So thank you for, for your partnership with us. Love it. Cindy, what would you say if you can take yourself back to being 21 years old? Yeah. <laughs> right. Just for a moment. Dean Buckless, you can go there too. go back to being 21. <laughs> That's longer for me. (laughs) Not that long. What would be a piece of advice would you give your younger self? Knowing what you know now, you clearly have kind of busted through that ceiling and taken some challenges. But do you look back and think, gosh, I wish I would have done this. Or if somebody would have told me this, or if I could have learned this at an earlier stage, maybe things would be different. What would you say to that? Well, the number one question I would ask myself is, what are you waiting for? And I think we so often sit in a little bit of fear, a little bit of uncertainty instead of just going for it. And I think the answer is go. It's never going to be exactly as you imagined. And that's part of your skill set is adapting to those, you know, changes in, I mean, the whole world was thrown a curveball last year, right? We all had to adapt and figure that out. So just get started is the first part. I would tell everybody, Success does not come from having all the answers. It comes from having the courage. And if I was 21, I would also tell myself, get in the room with people you can learn from. It will be the most important thing. And actually, it's less about having this design on, this will be my profession. Here's what I'm going to go do. Mm -mm. This is who I want to learn from and chase that relentlessly with curiosity and it will determine your ultimate success. I totally uh, agree with Cindy and what she is saying. You know, I, I really think you can't wait for perfection. If you want to wait yeah. for perfection, you're just never going to move. You've got to know it's not perfect, but I'm going to keep moving. And then you're going to have to be agile and adjust as you know, information and, and things change in front of you. I also would say, you know, I do think it's important to 
to recognize you don't have all the answers, but if you really put great people around you, don't be afraid about putting the best people around you. I always try to put better people around me than me, who I think are, you know, have, have an edge on me because they're going to make me better. And go for those experiences. Get the experiences so you can do the things you want to do. We talk about often internally about, you know, the jobs that don't exist yet, right? The future skills that our, our graduates are going to need. Cindy, in your opinion, what are some of those skills? We know analytics is certainly definitely one of them, but what are you seeing as something from your seat as a CEO, but also just as an entrepreneur for students to be successful? I would say there's curiosity. I'm going to call it a skill because I actually think that's a practice day in and day out. And it is what Dean Buckler said, not being so sure you know everything. What a boring day it would be if I woke up tomorrow and thought I knew it all. So how are you constantly chasing answers? And actually, when I interview people to join my organizations, I'm really teasing out, like, how do they perpetually learn? Because we're going to have to innovate, right? Curiosity is at the basis. You're going to be more innovative. If you're open-minded, you're always listening. I think that's a big piece of it. Creativity is the name of the game, I think, these days, uh, especially in a post-COVID world. You know, we think about that creativity won for the businesses who were able to figure it out most quickly. So that is a da daily practice. I will bring up a book that I love, Curious Mind by Brian Grazer. And what's wonderful in it is he talks about actually the discipline of having a curiosity conversation weekly. So he makes a point on his schedule to meet with somebody who's from a completely, he's a Hollywood producer, uh, a very successful one at that. And he meets with people from outside of his industry to learn from them because that is something that you can apply. And that's something I've always done in our, in our companies. We build out a customer service group. And by the way, there's no pharma company that's really that good at customer service. <laughs> so I didn't have an opportunity to go learn from even my peers. So I went and learned from Zappos. Oh. And actually when Tony Shea passed this year, it was such a great loss you know, in the entrepreneurship world, but he was the master, if you will, of customer service. So I went and learned from him. And I think that's, so that's something that students can be doing even in a more accessible way than when I was 21, because they have the internet and they have, you know, people really one finger click away um, on Instagram and everything else to go learn from. Cindy, I crashed course last night and I, I watched your uh, TED talk yeah. in Raleigh and you talked a lot about empathy. Yeah. A skill set that's often not necessarily taught. It's kind of ingrained in people, but it's one that we use so frequently, more so than we probably know. Talk a little bit about how you use empathy kind of in your role as a leader within an organization and, and maybe even how it played a part in your entrepreneurship ventures. Yeah. Well, I, look, I think my talk was the DNA of a rule breaker. And I think don't break the rules of law and order, I'll say to everybody, but there are all of these unwritten rules uh, that exist. And it's because none of us have begged the question, but why? Like, why is it just that way? Why do we just accept that it's that way? And I think really what drives you to challenge is in fact empathy. It's feeling the injustice in it. It's feeling the uh, inequity. And that was certainly what drove me in a lot of my career in women's health was a double standard uh, in the field of medicine. But empathy is going to be a crucial part of the C-suite going forward. Because I think if you look at our world, in so many ways, we run it by spreadsheet, right? We have reduced our world to what is the spreadsheet? And actually, 
data is informed very differently through the lens of empathy. So that our very best leaders will be able to take the data because of course we need that to make good decisions, but overlay, I think the human element of what that impact will be and what the right ultimate decision is. Yeah, so when uh, Jenny saw it yesterday, she sent it to me, so I watched it last night. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, probably the biggest takeaway I took from that was MP can be one of your best influencers. Uh, yeah. If you really wanna influence change in a good way, you have to lead with empathy. It's kind of sure. my takeaway from that. Which I will note for the record, you're already very good at Dean Buckless. You're very <laughs> empathetic. I guess kind of shifting a little bit, but still using the tone of empathy is, is talking a little bit about one of our values in the college, and, and that is the culture of diversity and inclusion. Perhaps, Dean Buckless, you can talk a little bit about why DNI matters in pool and why it matters in entrepreneurship. Sure. So, you know, let me j just say, you know, first, it's the right thing to do, right? NC State, we're a land-grant university, and we really are trying to make sure we're making our community stronger and we're creating great opportunities for our whole population. So we need to bring in that diversity and make sure all of that diversity has opportunities. So I, I just think that's imperative to create a great society. We have to do that. But more importantly, or not maybe more importantly, but you know, it's very important, I believe, for innovation to occur you need to have a very diverse and inclusive environment and culture within your organization. There was uh, some of our faculty, some of my colleagues here at NC State did a study, I guess it's a couple years old now, related to how important is diversity and equity and inclusion for organizations. And what they, were, they did in this study is they looked at, they identified organizations that had great practices in the diversity and inclusion space. And then they looked at basically the number of patents that they had filed, as well as the number of products and services launches they had. And what they found were that companies that had better diversity and inclusion practices actually had more patents, launched more products, and launched more services. And, and I think that's the case because you need different perspectives. You need to look at things. You know, it, it's kind of what what Cindy said, I never really thought of it as a rule breaker. You know, as accountants try not to be rule breakers per se. <laughs> Did that make you nervous when I said it? Yeah. <laughs> Did your palms start to sweat? <laughs> but I wholeheartedly buy into what you were saying. Because, you know, rules are created for a reason. So you first have to understand what's the goal? Why was that rule created? And now maybe there's a better rule, right? There's a better approach. And we have to keep saying that. And, and I think having those different perspectives where you can actually discuss them really helps to make sure that you really look at it from multiple frames and you can come up with some pretty innovative, creative approaches once you start doing that. So I just think that different perspectives really enhances your ability to innovate. So I think any organization that really wants to be an innovator, you better be doing everything you can to bring in a diverse and have an inclusive environment for that diverse group. I couldn't agree more or you will be left behind. It is a business imperative to have different points of view at the table. You will never be the most successful organization if you have a group of people who all look at a problem through the same lens. So to take that a step further, Cindy specifically, talking about how you've built your companies, how you've kind of pivoted in your career, what do you see as some of the biggest mistakes that young or even established entrepreneurs are making? Ooh, I have three. 
Okay, so not that I have thought about this at all. Here's my three. So I think these are important. I think you mistake early praise as execution. That's a huge mistake in entrepreneurship. You go around, you tell everybody, your friends, your family, they're like, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think of it? That's a great idea. And you become so enamored with this idea, you are certain you've already executed it. You have got to get it in the market, see that people will pay for it, go to people who are not your friends and family and actually have them give you feedback. It's as important to surround yourself with the detractors as those who are singing your praises. It really is, I think, to be an exceptional entrepreneur. And the antidote, I think, is simple. We've already talked a lot about it. It's about staying humble and curious. That's a big piece. My second is you mistake investment money as success. I, I deem this the Shark Tank culture. If we get the check, we have arrived. And actually, when you get the check, the hard work is in front of you because make no mistake, your job is to deliver a return for that investment. And if you always stay focused on that, if you stay focused on the value creation, you will be successful, but it's not the money that is the validator, right? It's again, the execution. And I think the last one, and this is just a philosophy for me in particular, is you mistake not making your fellow employees owners. Mm. The best thing you can do is to make your success a collective success. People are going to join you as you try to build an idea, build out a vision them getting up every morning and going to work is the difference of you being wildly successful or not reward them for that always and make them equally have skin in the game. Interesting. So knowing that you've seen some entrepreneurs succeed, maybe some that just aren't ready per se, what could we be teaching our students here at pool so that they are successful when they leave? Well, let's think about that. There's no guarantee other than being, I think, able to be resilient. I think what you could do that would be so valuable is really maybe demystify a couple of those. Entrepreneurship is really cool now. Like when I was, I was definitely not in the cool phase when people were talking about entrepreneurs when I first started, but I think we have a group who've grown up watching Shark Tank. They see this opportunity, which I love this ability to really pave your own path but I think you got to take away some of the myths like money. Money is uh, the answer that that will be the va- all the validation you need. Early praise means success. I think it's about the hard work day in and day out that really is going to make all the difference. What I would say, you know, very young is get in the room with other people who are doing it, right? And I think declare what you want in your big kind of vision. Say it out loud and you might be surprised how many people will help you. So as you as you teach, I think it's all the things you're already doing, right? You're pushing these students to be able to articulate their vision, to get out and work with members of the community and learn from them. I mean, you, you're really, I don't know if I have anything I, I can add. I think you're on the right course. At least that's my observation of your students. You know, and I, I will say, you know, of what you said, uh, Cindy, that my observation has been, you know, I've always come in the room and ask with the people I'm working with, how can I help them be better? Yeah. And I, I really think leading that way, yeah. they're going to make you so much better. You know, yeah. it's just a byproduct of it, you know, and you've got that commitment to each other. And I think that's important because you're going to have tough times. We know that, uh, you know, that's and that's right. why that I do think the resilience is very important. And don't be afraid of failure. You know, mm-hmm. you just got to learn from it and, and, and move because I don't know anybody who's really gotten to a high level that hasn't had failure. 
but they've, yeah. they've gotten, they've, you know, got up, they've dusted off their pants and they kept moving That's forward. Right. They didn't quit. I like the, you know, we, we, in the culture of entrepreneurship these days, we celebrate failure, like almost like a badge of honor, especially the Silicon Valley crowd. And I would say, you know, for your students perspective, I'd love it to be less the celebration and more the redefinition because failure is not trying. That's real failure is not actually making the effort. The other outcomes, the, the fact that things don't go your way, that's life. You know, fewer things have gone my way than have gone, than, you know, that have not gone my way that versus have. And I think that's really kind of an important uh, lesson in it, as opposed to, I think this, what has become more of an arrogance in entrepreneurship, which is, well, I got the big check and they could write me the, cap the money anyway, like it didn't really matter. And I used it and it didn't work, but I'm going to use that on my resume to get the next thing. Uh, uh, uh. Like none of that is, is uh, you know, something bragging rights. I would say it's much more about, you know, just the trying of it and the humility in it. And I think continuing to chase learning. And this question is for both of you. You know, the tagline for NC State is think and do. And when you think about entrepreneurship in general, how much of it do you think is think and how much of it do you think is do? I mean, I guess I could start, you know, I think a lot more of it's do. It's in the execution. <laughs> There's a lot of great ideas out there, but they never really happen. And it's because uh, the individuals don't know how to execute properly. But now I'll let Cindy. I was going to cover my ears, so we I oh. didn't know what your answer was, just to see if we'd come up with the same. I would say uh, it's ten percent think, ninety percent do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm with you a hundred percent. No one ever became a great success just thinking about it. Now, the most successful people I know, they have a real vision of what they want to accomplish. But the reality is, they got there because they got up day in and day out, and they did the hard work to accomplish the ultimate vision. 90% do. Yeah. And that, you know, in one way, I really, we're trying to, you know, make sure our students that we want to make sure our students really can execute. They're the implementers. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the way we're trying to do that is really have our students working across campus. So it's not just our yeah. students by, you know, by themselves, but they're working with our engineers, with our science majors, with our biology, you know, every facet of our university. Because it is the execution, again, that's where the failures happen, right? That's it, mm -hmm, for sure. So one last question, and we'll start with Dean Buckless. What excites you most about entrepreneurship and the future of kind of what Pool is doing in the entrepreneurship space? If you look at the pace of change in our world, it just keeps coming faster and faster. You look at how uh, technology is changing our world how, you know, the global environment is changing our world, the demographic shifts. So change has to be your mantra for success in the future. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about, right? It's about innovating and changing. So to me, that's what really excites me. I think, you know, I, I always tell our students, if you want to be successful, don't be afraid to embrace change. And, and, you know, so many times we're a little afraid to do that, but it's that change is what's going to keep, well, it keeps me energized. But I'll be honest, I enjoy it. Uh, that's part of the reason I came to NC State. And I know not everybody's that way, that they're, they're always comfortable with change. And I'm not always comfortable with it because I don't always have all the answers. But I, I do believe that if we don't change, we will not be around for the future. And Cindy, for you, I, I can barely keep up with you because you're everywhere. But I'd love to know what's next for you. What is there that you want to achieve that you haven't already achieved? My My success is creating a billion dollars of wealth for other women. That's my next definition of success. 
And I would say, I want to answer the question you just asked the Dean, because I want to answer it specifically to NC State. You know, what gets me excited is knowing that I'm going to watch the impact that so many of these students are going to have on this world. We're going to see them on the cover of, you know, Fortune or Inc or Fast Company, and then they're going to come back and they're going to mentor the next group to get there. And that's what this is all about. It's about creating a multiplier effect. And I think you're training the students so well to ultimately cultivate that, not just for themselves, but for the next group to follow. So I got to give a little plug based on that. There was, I guess it was in 2019, December, Forbes came out with an article, you know, you know, how is North Carolina being so successful with startups? They ended up saying the big driver was NC State. And we, in the last five years, have created 170 businesses, generating $1.7 in capital. And I, I do also say that's not enough. You know, how many jobs have we created? How many people have we made better? You know, we need to get that information, too. But, yeah, you know, I think we're living our mission as a university doing that stuff. Well, as we kind of wrap up, I thought it would be neat to talk about if you could give one piece of advice, if you had someone that showed up on your doorstep, Cindy, and said, what's one thing that you could tell me that could help me along my path of being an entrepreneur? I know you've said so many things today in this conversation have been great, but what would you think that key takeaway would be? Have the courage. That's really what it comes down to. It's really about taking the swing and taking the big swing at what others may seem to deem impossible. Whether or not you get there, you took the swing. I mean, I'm, I, with my group, I had a really important moment in my career where my complete fate hung in the balance of the Food and Drug Administration. And the night before I got their verdict, I threw a victory party for all of my team. Now, I didn't know the outcome, did I? But I absolutely knew that we had done everything within our power to get there. And I think that's my advice. If somebody showed up on my doorstep, it would be go all in, all in, have the courage, and uh, you will be content with that outcome because you'll know you gave it your all. Yeah, and it's, you know, sometimes we think that, again, that failure is just, it's career and life destroying. It's not. You'll be better off even if you fail. Uh, For sure. And I think we sometimes, our young people lose sight of that, especially in today's world. Yeah. Well, thank you both. And speaking of courage, Cindy, thank you for being courageous to come and be our inaugural guest. Love it. <laughs> and our first edition of our cool podcast. Thank you, Dean Buckless. Um, we're excited about continuing this conversation and, and how industry and academics continue to work together to produce the best um, leaders, futures of tomorrow, including those budding entrepreneurs. So thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thank you very much, Cindy. Much appreciated. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Thank you to everyone for listening. For more information on the Poole College of Management at NC State, visit pool.ncsu.edu or follow along on social media where we're at NC State Pool. And for more information on Cindy Eckhart, you can visit thepinksailing.com or follow her on social media where she's at Cindy Pink CEO. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. This podcast is a production of EarFluence. I'm Jenny Hammond, and we'll see you next time on The Pool Podcast.